Welcome back to a podcast for moms. Hello, everyone. My name is Julia Sparkman. I'm your host, as always. If you're a returning listener, so much gratitude for you. If you're new here, welcome. We're very happy to have you. Today's episode is launching the day before Thanksgiving, so I wanted to express additional gratitude for joining the conversation today, for following along on this ride. A podcast for moms has been happening now for quite a few months, and I'm entering into my third trimester of pregnancy. So those of you that have been with me from the beginning have gotten to experience, you know, a big shift in my life. And I'm just really grateful for everyone listening to not only this conversation, but for being a part of the community and being a part of this um, pregnancy with me. So thank you so much. Today is episode 15, and I am very excited for our guest, Gina of Bringing Back the Village. My conversation with Gina could not have come at a better time for me. Gina is so incredibly grounding, and she had the softest, most digestible advice and wisdom. And yeah, I'm just very excited to share this episode with you particularly during a holiday week, because I all I feel like we, if you're anything like me at least, you could use maybe a little bit of tenderness and love and warmth and care right now. And that's what Gina brought during this episode. She does a wonderful job of describing herself at the start of our conversation. So if you're new to Gina, you'll get to know her a little better in a few moments. Nevertheless, I wanted to take just a minute or two to explain why I titled this episode, Making Peace with What Is and Bringing Back the Village. So Gina, her tagline, her business is bringing back the village. So that was pretty evident, but I decided to go with making peace with what is because of one simple thing. It was simple, but it was both profound to me and for me, um, just one simple thing that Gina said during our conversation. Now, we talked about a lot of things during this episode. For one, she shared about how she has honored her maternal lineage, and that was really beautiful, so I'm excited for you to listen to that. She talks about her experience as a therapist. She shares some stories from the birth of her daughter. She talks about her experience being a stepmom. We talk about the importance of community. You know, she is bringing back the village. So we talk about that. She also talks about accessing the village within yourself, which was super powerful for me. We talk about pandemic parenting and we talk about the ways in which Gina takes care of herself. And at one point, as Gina was speaking about self-care and self-regulation, she mentioned making peace with what is. And at that point, she was sharing how self-care as a mom looks a lot different than self-care did before becoming a mom, right? I'm sure you can relate. And she rhetorically asked, what do I need today and how can I give that to myself? And damn, I needed to hear all of that so badly. My daughter, she's off school this week for Thanksgiving break. And I feel that, you know, and trust me, I know I'm about to have two kids. So it's the time that I have for myself is going to 
you know, shift wildly in the coming months. But even right now, I feel like I have such little time for myself. And while I would love to have an abundance of time to do deep self-care practices, this morning, I was able to take Gina's advice and I asked myself, what do I need today? And I realized all I needed was just a little bit of space in the morning to recharge and to relax before I spent the day parenting a very um, vivacious toddler with lots of energy as um, a very pregnant person, right? So I took a little walk before my husband started work. And even though it was only 30 minutes alone out of the house, that's what I needed. And if I compare that to what I would have done to take care of myself before I became a mom, it seems so insignificant. Yet making space to do anything for myself is such a big deal. And Gina reminded me of that. And I'm at peace with the fact that a short 30-minute walk around the block is my self-care practice right now. And that's okay because there's so many other beautiful things that motherhood has added to my life. And yes, it's deducted time for like elaborate practices every single day, but I'm okay with that. And now if I can just come back to that question, what do I need today and how can I give that to myself and do simple little things to get there? My life is better. So thank you so much, Dina, for reminding me of that. Before we jump to our conversation, I wanted to let you know that Gina has so graciously offered a podcast for mom listeners her prenatal bonding e-course for $29, and it's regularly $49.99, and you can access that price by using the code for moms. I linked all of that in the show notes and on the website, so if you're expecting, please take advantage of her generosity Or if you know someone who's expecting, Gina's e-course would make a great holiday gift for a loved one. So definitely check it out. And now I'm very pleased to introduce you to Gina. May you too feel the warm embrace and tenderness I received from this conversation. Hey, Gina, welcome to a podcast for moms. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Julia. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, we had a, a pre-conversation before the conversation, which always happens. So I'm excited to get into that a little bit later on. I was telling her about, you know, life as a pandemic parent. So, and, and she was relating. So we're definitely going to talk to about that today. Um, before we jump into that though, I can't remember how I initially started following you, which it's been probably three, four years now that I've um, followed your account online. You are at Bring Back the Village, correct? Mm-hmm. Which yes. I love. Yes. <laughs> and um, so I would love to hear who you are um, and what Bring Back the Village means and anything that you would like to share with the listeners about yourself and with me, because we've only had a social media relationship up until this point. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Well, I will say, mm, who am I? I love that question. Um, Okay. I am the mother of Ella Rose. Mm -hmm. I am the daughter of Rose, 
the granddaughter of Julia and Carol oh, okay. and the great granddaughter of Incarnata. And of course, there's there's a lot more to me than just that. But um, honoring my maternal lineage has been a really important um, healing uh part of um, my transition into motherhood. And so um, it's important for me to to honor and, and recognize that because with that comes so much, you know, all of the oh the strengths, the weaknesses, the the traumas, um, the joys, you know, all of it, right? And so all of those experiences um, make me who I am. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, um, I would also say, I am deeply spiritual. Um, I really value depth in my connections with others and authenticity and vulnerability um, in both my personal and professional life, right? And so that kind of goes hand in hand with being a therapist. I definitely think I picked the right profession for me um, because I, I really admire, um, you know, those, the, the courage it takes to be a client and to show up in therapy. And, um, and I value those connections and supporting other women and families and like deepening that connection to themselves and exploring, you know, areas in which they want to heal and feel more integrated and whole. Um, so yeah, I feel like that, that's what's real for me right now and, and how I would describe myself. I love that. And there is a question I want to get to in a moment around maternal lineage, but that's going to take us on a tangent. <laughs> so, it's like We'll pause that okay. for a moment because one question that I had sent over to you mm-hmm. prior to our conversation, because I wanted to give you like a moment to marinate on it because it's a big question mm-hmm. is, so you are a marriage and family therapist mm-hmm. yeah. and a licensed marriage and family therapist, mm-hmm. correct? How long have you been practicing now? I've been licensed since 2009 mm-hmm. okay. and, and, you know, working uh, with um, adolescents and children and families since 2003. Okay. So it's funny when you said 2009, I'm like, I don't even know what year it is, I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay, but I figured it out. So for quite some time, over a decade. Yes. Yes. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, I was like 2009. That was like a few years ago. Nope. It not. Um, okay. So over a decade. And so you shared with me that your daughter, Ella Rose, my maternal grandmother's name was Ella. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. Yeah, so I, that's an, a very dear name to me. She was a very important person person in my life. Mm. And um, I was curious because she's seven. Mm. And so you've been practicing since before she was born. Mm-hmm. And I'm always just, you know, one thing I got a lot before I was pregnant was, oh, childbirth is going to be so easy for you because you practice yoga. Mm-hmm. No, that is not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to know, going into motherhood and parenting with all of the academic and practical knowledge that you had as a marriage and family therapist, how do you think that shaped how you arrived into motherhood and how you showed up as a mom and your experience, you know, through pregnancy and postpartum and now, you know, going through all of the years that your yeah. daughter has been alive, which that's a big question. So yeah, yes. now I, and I love that question. And you know, when you asked me, you know, who are you? Um, 
I, I start out with like who I am as a human being, right? Because um, it's so easy, I think, to identify ourselves with our profession and even for myself as a therapist, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I would usually answer that question as like, oh, I'm a therapist and this is what I do. And yes, that's a really important part of me. Mm-hmm. And motherhood is humbling, you know? So yeah. my transition into motherhood you know, it it was very humbling, brought me to my knees, still brings me to my knees. (laughs) Um, And yes, I mean, I I had, you know, the education and and the experience and I was still really rocked by that experience. And I don't think I realized how um, the identity shift that, that I would go through as a mother and the soul level transformation, right? Like, um, I remember when I was giving birth to my daughter and she was like right about to come out and I'm pushing her out and I, I stopped and I just like screamed out, like something's happening. And my doctor was like, you're having a baby. And I'm like, (laughs) no, you don't get it. (laughs) Something's actually happening here. What's happening. And I, I feel like in that moment, like I, I was feeling and experiencing her soul come into her body, mm-hmm. like her life, you know, coming into to form. And in that moment, it felt like maybe a piece of me or a part of me I, I lost or I was losing myself or um, this transformation was happening that I knew I could never go back to who I, I was before, that something new was emerging in me. And what is this? And what's happening? And it was very disorienting. And it took mm-hmm. me a while to really put put that to words, to even be able to explain what I felt. And so um, what was really strong and true for me uh, when I became a mother was feeling very compartmentalized right? Like everything, it was like, okay, Gina, the mother, Gina, the therapist, Gina, the stepmother, Gina, the wife, you know, it's like all of these different parts of me and it didn't feel whole. Um, and so that was my challenge, um, in in motherhood was like, how can I feel integrated again? Um, because that was a, a, an aspect of myself that I felt like I always really had that like I always knew how to find my center, even when like chaos was happening or life was difficult. I knew how to come back to my center. And after motherhood, that was, that was a challenge. Um, and so, yeah, it took a lot of mm, gentleness. It took a lot of, you know, seeking support, um, therapy, uh, Reiki, meditation, you know, all these different uh, practices, healing practices were really integral in my transition to motherhood. Yeah. And I love the word disoriented that you said. I'm like, oh, I don't think I've used that word to describe the experience, but that really stuck out to me as disoriented and and compartmentalized. It's And and you said integrated, like all those words. I was like, yes, that's so key. And, um, so you, you had all the practices that you were moving through Reiki. It sounds like we had a a similar like Mm -hmm. healing experience. You know, I did the the talk therapy, Reiki, Mm -hmm. um, went, you know, exercise, meditation, all those things. Do you feel that there was a moment where you were like, okay, I'm 
here I am again integrated? Was there like a moment in time or did it just kind of like happen subtly for you where it was like one day you woke up and you're like, okay, um, this feels less, I'm, I'm oriented. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oriented. <laughs> I would definitely say that was a gradual process. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. And, you know, even, even still now there are moments, right? Like in motherhood where, where you just get rocked by something and mm-hmm. you're just like, Whoa, like where I'm, I wasn't expecting this or, you know, your, your child goes through a different developmental stage or, or a leap and, and you're like, oh, okay, now I have to to readjust and recalibrate and, you know, figure out now how to support my child's nervous system and support my nervous system at the same time. And it's a balance, you know? And so I don't know that it's, I, I have ever reached a place of feeling like, okay, here I am. Uh, but it's just a, a practice, right? And like the, the awareness, that self-awareness of like, these are, this is when I get out of balance and, and mm-hmm. here's what I need to do. And here's the support I need from my partner. Um, and here are the reminders or, you know, the practices that I need to be on top of so I could feel uh, supported and feel regulated. Um, what are some of your practices and are, have they changed over the years now or are they pretty steady? Yeah, I would say, I would say I kind of have like a, a flow now. Things are pretty steady. And, you know, my own self-care is super important. Um, and that changed a lot. You know, that was a hard one for me. Uh, but now I've welcomed in like so much more com- self-compassion around, you know, I'm, I used to, you know, work out at the gym four times a week, probably. And it was great. <laughs> I had all that energy and time and now that's different, you know, so it might just be like a 15 or 20 minute yoga practice, you know, in my living room, or maybe I have the ability to just take a walk around the block on my lunch break. Um, maybe I get to the gym and, or get to an actual yoga class, but whatever, in any, any way that I could welcome in some self-compassion, um, so that I can take care of myself without thinking, oh, I used to be different, or I, you should be working out more, you should be this, or you should be that. And I'm just kind of now more at peace with like, what, what is, you know, what do I need today? And how can I give that to myself? Um, that's important. And also communication with my partner is important too, and letting him know what I need, or if I need a break, or if I'm feeling really overwhelmed, right? So that we have that um, understanding, we can kind of help balance each other out. Definitely. And um, we can cut this if you don't want to talk about it, because okay. I was unaware. Um, I didn't know that you were a stepmom. Yeah. Would you be open to kind of sharing about how that, that I, that's my, I've had many of step parents. So Mm. um, it's like a soft spot in my heart when Mm. people show up and I do not know you well, but I, from what I know, I'm, I'm pretty confident in saying you're um, approaching that position in your life mindfully and with intention intact, which doesn't always happen. And so I love to hear stories of, um, step parents, bonus parents, you know, Mm -hmm. how they have approached that, you know, when they met their 
stepchild and yeah. what that relationship has been like. So if you're open to sharing about any of that, yeah. that's I'd love to hear it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I too am a, a stepchild. I have mm-hmm. a stepmother and so, and a stepfather. And so I, I know what that experience felt like for me as, um, as a, a child. And I knew, um, I knew that I wanted to approach step parenting with sensitivity mm-hmm. and, um, I didn't know. <laughs> okay. So I, I'm going to embarrass myself a little bit. <laughs> I really, I really thought like, okay, I love working with adolescents, you know, as a therapist and I've been a stepchild. And so I like, I've got this, <laughs> like, I'm just going to crush it at being a stepmom, and it's going to be great. And <laughs> we're going to have great times together. Um, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it was hard, you know, it was really hard. And, um, I think the hardest part about it was when I became a mother and I had to then balance mothering my daughter and co-parenting, you know, um, supporting my stepson. And that was hard because he was going through his own stuff. He was a teenager. And I know that it was not easy for him to have to welcome in, um, you know, a stepsister and, and all of, you know, the, the balance is, is, is tilted, right. You know, you have a newborn, a lot of attention and care goes to that newborn. Um, and so very often, you know, the other child or the, you know, my stepson in this situation, I think, you know, maybe felt a little left out, um, at times, though it wasn't our intention. Um, it, it's so easy for that to happen. Um, and so it was difficult for me to balance that attention, Um, and then, you know, as a step parent, sometimes there are, mm, like you have different ideas on how things might be done (laughs) or how, uh, certain issues might be addressed. And, um, it's important, I think, to remember that, you know, my husband and my stepson, they have their ways of interacting. They have their dynamic and their relationship, which they had for many, many years before I was in the picture. Right. And so like, how can I honor that? Um, and, you know, offer a suggestion or, you know, offer my perspective, but not get overly involved or not have the expectation that because I shared this, idea with you that you're going to take it and run with it. Right. And so that was the lesson, uh, for me in becoming a mother and balancing like my step parent role and my motherhood role. And like, where do I need to put my attention and energy? Um, and what, where do I need to, to pull back a little bit? Um, so, you know, there were some, there were some rocky, rocky times, but we've got through it and he's awesome. He's just so cool. And my daughter just absolutely loves him. Um, and he loves being a big brother to her. You know, he takes so much pride in that. And we've, we've all come a long way. I'm so proud of him and, and I'm proud of us as a family, but yeah, it, it, it was surprising for me, you know, when it was challenging. I didn't anticipate that. And that's the beauty of life, right? And um, and parenting and mothering is, you know, these un- the unexpected times, you know, they, yes, they bring difficulties and challenges, but in it, there's also so much opportunity for growth and, and deeper connection. 
Yeah, yeah. I um, I, I have such respect for step parents, and thank you for sharing your experience oh, because yeah. it's so common in our society today. And it's I don't feel it's something that's talked about enough, or you know, it's it's such a common experience for so many people, but yet there's not a lot of conversation or dialogue around it. And um, yeah, so thank you. And yeah. then, uh, now I'm going to do like a complete 180 because I okay. want to go back to a question that's been sitting with me. So you did share, you know, you have your, you come from um, divorced parents as well, as do I. And um, when you said like honoring your maternal lineage, that I had such like defense initially mm. against you saying that because to me, um, I've shared before, I haven't gone like a lot in depth, but I definitely have a challenged relationship with my mother. Mm. I have a great relationship with my maternal um, grandmother. And then I don't really know any of the other maternal figures in my life. Um, Mm. So can you speak a little bit more? I wanted to make sure we got to know you a little bit. (laughs) Really deep question. Can you speak to a little bit more about what that experience of connecting to your maternal lineage has been like for you because after you said it like my first reaction was like "Mm," but then I was like no that sounds really beautiful and I want to know more about that yeah thank you for asking yeah so I I feel privileged in, in that I have had um a close relationship with you know even my great grandmother she was alive until I was, she passed away when I was 18. And so I, I, yeah, I feel very blessed that I had that connection to her. Um, and you know, my, my, both of my grandmothers and, um, and my mom, um, I think the important piece for me was, you know, when I became a mother, I, I felt a sense of gratitude for my own mother and, you know, all the other, the women that have mothered me in my life, um, because it was this understanding of like, oh, wow, like, there's no like special magic <laughs> to being a mother, you know, you're just like, one day you're a person, and then the next day you give birth, you know, I'm exaggerating a bit, but the next day you give birth, and now you're a mother, and here you yeah. are with all of your stuff and your wounds and your insecurities and your fears and even the things that were passed down to you from future generations or or from previous generations that you didn't necessarily want, but here it is, right? And I think motherhood awakens you to that. And so when I honor my lineage, it's not just honoring like the beauty of it and the connection of it, but it's also honoring and recognizing the, the wounds and the insecurities and the, the challenges that I've inherited, whether I like it or not. And what am I going to do with that? You know, how can I shift that for my daughter and for future uh, generations? Um, so it's, it's accepting all of it, you know, like the light mm-hmm. and the shadow of it. And that has taken a lot of work for me to be able, and, and I, I think it's certainly a work in progress because um, at, at different stages of motherhood, it brings up different things, right? Different emotions and, or, you know, at depending on like, you know, you said you were a child of divorce. I am too. Like, where was I when I was seven years old? What was my life? 
like? You know, what was um, the experiences that I was having and how might that be influencing the way in which I'm mothering my daughter today? So um, it's, it's all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, I, yeah, there's so much there. And one thing I want to call attention to is your, you mentioned, you know, things coming up in different ways, you know, in different phases. And, um, when I got pregnant, I was probably in the best place emotionally and physically and, and, and mentally that I had been in, in a very long time. And, <laughs> after I had my daughter, that was really not the case anymore. And um, I've been fortunate to work with a really great therapist now for, wow, we're coming up on like a year and a half together that we've, I mean, it has been like the steadiest therapy relationship I've ever had. We're, we're down to twice a month now, but we were at once a month for, or once a week for mm-hmm. a very long time. And um, for me, it's just been like, wow, like I thought, I thought that was taken care of, you know, mm. like certain things, like certain experiences, certain traumas, certain triggers. Mm. And I've found that motherhood and like you called attention to a certain age, you know, of your daughter's life. It's like, I'm almost having to re-go through certain experiences in my own self, like having that mirror, you know, mm-hmm. of my daughter's life of like, oh, my life wasn't like that. And then that calling forth the experience of my life in the phase that she's at. So yeah, it's been yeah. so, um, it's been really powerful and really hard, like mm-hmm. very challenging. Yeah. And yeah, I just wanted to really like flag that, you know, it's, not like, Oh, you go through therapy, healed that, you know, all done check mark. It's, it comes out and I anticipate in other phases of life. It's going to come out again, hopefully not as intensely as it's come out like the last couple of years, you know, but I'm like, Oh, I'll probably meet you again. Like what I'm going through just in a different experience because different, um, aspects of our lives, like crystallize and show different light on, on things that came from our past. So yeah, thank you for saying that. Cause I think that's also an important conversation of you don't go to therapy and it's like, okay, check, check box, like took care of all of that. It's, you know, as we move through on our life path, things are going to bring forth our experiences in different capacities and different, um, feelings. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah. I feel all of that as well. And I think, you know, over time, like our resiliency builds as well, right? Like as we deepen that, that connection, that understanding to our own self and what our triggers are, or, um, you know, as things kind of come up, as we're taking care of ourselves through therapy or whatever healing practices, um, our resiliency also builds too, right? And our ability to kind of adapt and and recognize when we need support. And um, and I think that's that's the beauty of of motherhood, that the challenge of it and the beauty of it. So as a therapist, do you have do you see your own therapist then? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I do. I do. I mean, it's, it's, it's part of, it's just something that I will always have a therapist. <laughs> um, I think, you know, being, being in there, being a therapist requires um, a lot of your own um, 
self-exploration and understanding and support. And um, whether it's like being in psychotherapy or having that peer support as a therapist, um, it's essential. And so for me, that that is absolutely um, an important part of my self-care practice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So before we go on to your work, I wanted to also touch on something that you had said about um, like you kind of do what you can with the time that you have. And I just needed to share that has been 100% my motherhood experience. Like I would do like 75 minute yoga practices, 30 minute meditations, you know, all of the things. And now I'm lucky if I can like journal for five minutes, you know, do some sort of meditation, get some kind of movement in. And I too, for a long time felt like I was, and I'm saying air quotes, like failing or not doing good enough. And now I've like reframed it to like, wow, I even did something today. Like that's amazing. And that adjustment to, um, you know, the self-care to taking care of myself and then the reframing around that has been so powerful and helpful for my emotional well-being of just those small little things that you can do outside of things like therapy, you know, that makes such a great impact. Um, So I kind of wanted to segue to you know, the work that you do, I um, saw that there was a lot of different offerings that you have. So could you kind of speak to how you um, support moms? I know that you support families and what you offer as a therapist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, talk therapy, you know, individual counseling is um, certainly um, one aspect of uh, my support. And then I'm also really passionate about um, creating community. Um, And, you know, I'm, so I'm originally from New Jersey. That's where all of my family is. And I never really thought that I would live this far away from my family. Um, Never mind raise my daughter so far away from my family. And so I really, I was craving that, like that community and that support and, and from women, especially, you know, I mean, my husband is great and really supportive, but there's something really special about women being supported by other women, especially in motherhood. Um, And so I wanted to create a a space or an opportunity for women to come together and feel supported. Um, And so I I also offer um, parenting circles um, as an opportunity uh, to kind of come together in community and, and just kind of talk about some of the challenges that we experience. Um, I think it's important to be able to, to verbalize like our struggles and rather than hold on to them, that creates a lot of shame around, you know, um, motherhood and parenting. Um, and I'm also super passionate about supporting, um, couples as they transition into parenthood. Um, and one, uh, way in which I do that is through parent ceremonies which is kind of like, um, it's like a baby blessing, but for the couple. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's an opportunity for couples to come together um, while they're pregnant and to 
um, talk about, you know, what their strengths are as parents, um, to identify what they want to bring, carry forward into their parenting journey, what they want to release, um, and to be supported, you know, be in community, be with other pregnant couples. Um, and the, the ceremony and the ritual around that, I think, is really important and and was a, a part of that healing process for me, you know, that, that integration that I talked about earlier is uh, ceremony and rituals is such a beautiful way to help integrate um, your experience and to be seen and validated by your community as well. Um, so I have that and um, I have a prenatal bonding e-course, which is um you know, maybe a more convenient way for couples to kind of go through um, some of these uh, practices that I spoke of and um, learning different ways to communicate with your baby and learning some grounding practices. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm offering these days. So with the, um, the ceremony, is that something that you experienced yourself and that's what the parenting ceremony or how did, I had never heard of that before. I saw yeah. it on your website and I was so curious. I'm like, I want to do that. I'm pregnant. <laughs> I was like, I think we can do that with the second one. We don't have to start with the first. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I've never heard anything. How did you come up with that? Yeah. So, um, my mentor, Gina McCarthy, she's a psychotherapist up in the Bay Area, and she taught a course um, at a conference for the Association for Pre- and Perinatal Psychology, mm -hmm. and I attended um, her conference and was so moved by um, these parent ceremonies that she offered and just fell in love with um, this idea, and um, I think when I was pregnant, I was I was kind of searching for something like that. Like I, I wanted some support, um, in community around like this huge life transition that was happening. Um, and I wanted my husband to be a part of it as well, because I knew that it was going to be a huge shift for both of us. And so I remember looking for something like that, but not really sure even what that would be called, you know? And then when I met Gina and she shared these parent ceremonies, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. <laughs> That's exactly what I was looking for when I was pregnant. So um, I studied with her. She taught me these parent ceremonies and now um, I share them um, with the community here. And it's been so beautiful. And I, I just, I love um, the tenderness and the, um, the, the, the love that I get to witness between um, the couples as they're, you know, in the ceremony with their, you know, and pregnant with their baby and, and really stepping into parenthood with such um, intention and mindfulness. Yeah. I'm like, we're going to have to talk offline. <laughs> but, um, so I love the name, Bring Back the Village. And you spoke of community and you spoke about how, you know, you have this connection to your maternal lineage, yet I didn't realize that you're on the opposite coast of your family. Um, can you speak to how you created community for yourself? Um, was, I'm curious, was the community that you have, was it intact before you became a mom or did you really have to call additional support in after motherhood? What has that 
um, journey and that experience been like for you? Yeah. Well, I feel really blessed to have had a, a really strong support system even before I became a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got some really great friends um, who are part of my village. <laughs> and we all had our kids around the same time. <laughs> so when we were, you know, when I entered motherhood, my, my village was going through it too. So it, and that was wonderful. And it, we were also kind of limited in how we could support yeah. each other because we were all in it. Um, so that was kind of a bummer, you know, I don't think I anticipated that, but I was like, Oh man, we're all just exhausted. We, you know, we're, we're all doing the best we can. And so then I started to think of, you know, how else can I cultivate, you know, the support in this village and, um, you know, in my role as a therapist, then I started to shift my training and my education and understanding of motherhood. Um, and so I started studying with, um, the Association for Pre and Perinatal Psychology. Um, I studied with Gina McCarthy as well. And, um, that was part of my community building in a sense, Mm -hmm. you know, um, while it was more professional, really the intention was to then bring that to my community here. So I could, um, you know, kind of take the lead in, in providing that support for other women. Um, and, and that's been wonderful. You know, I've, I've made some really beautiful connections in that way. And, you know, it certainly doesn't replace connections with family, but um, FaceTime is great. <laughs> uh, you know, there's certainly um, technology has given us a lot of um, wonderful ways to stay connected, even when we're far. Um, and again, just like those self-care practices of being like really gentle with myself and, um, you know, having my own um, carving out time for me to be self-reflective. Um which, which is part of like helping me access the village that I have within myself, right? Like the support mm-hmm. and, and the intuition and the, the knowing that I have within myself and bringing that into my world. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so strong. I love that. Yeah. My, when I, get to meditate these days one thing that really comes through super strong to me is like be your own best friend Mm -hmm. um going through motherhood particularly in a pandemic has been a really lonely experience like my daughter was six months when lockdown started and it was so funny that you had said you know like you and your community kind of started motherhood at the same time because on a recent solo episode, one thing that I was sharing is I have a lot of friends that have kids the same age as my daughter, and it is near impossible to hang out with them because of nap schedules or, you know, just whatever it is. Like now my daughter's in preschool on and their kids are not. So it's like, they can hang out in the morning. We can have, you know, just like the scheduling aspect of it. So I went in being like, oh, great. Like, we're going to be able to like do this together. And I can still think back to early, she was probably like maybe two or three months old. And I was going to go meet up with a friend who had a, a two month old baby, you know, he's a couple of weeks behind her. And we were leaving. Sloan had a blowout. I had to go change her. Then she fed. Then she fell asleep. And then I just like called her. I was like, I can't do this. Like, it's just, you know, it's just like getting out the door is so hard, you know? And so if you're not like 
living on the same street, if you have to actually drive somewhere and you both have kids the same age, it's, it's so challenging. And now she's two and she's a little bit older. Um, so it's not as difficult, you know, it's like we can make it happen and, you know, we can like push nap time, push bedtime. It's not as catastrophic, you know, Mm -hmm. to miss those marks anymore. But yeah, in the beginning, I just remember being like, it was so hard just to get out of the house, like getting anywhere. That was such a win. And so, um, I envisioned us like all getting together and like being at the same house at the same time. And that just literally happened maybe one or two times. Right. Right. <laughs> just the act of getting three or four moms in the same spot at the same time with kids, the same age, particularly under six months, that is like, yeah, that's a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot to, to a wrangle there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so one thing that I, I wanted to talk about too is pandemic. So like that for me, I moved, you know, like there's, I moved, so I moved 30 minutes away from where I lived without traffic, you know, um, that shifted things and then the pandemic. And so I was so curious to hear, you know, as a therapist, how, you have navigated pandemic life as a parent and how you're supporting other parents and doing the same because I, Gina and I, right before our call, I was like, okay, so my husband has another call at this time. So we really have to wrap up because my daughter has like a slight cold. So she can't be in school right now. Whereas two years ago, no one would have like blinked an eye to her having like a little sniffle and like, an occasional cough, but now it's like, no, she's been out of school all week. Mm -hmm. So it it throws you through a loop. So it's like you build up that momentum, you build up the flow. And then, you know, in these times you quickly fall off your center because it's just not the same as it used to be. So can you speak to, um, can you help me? Can you help me? (laughs) (laughs) Please like, what do you got to offer? How can I, how can I survive? Because I'm about to have another kid too. So what do I do? Tell me. Oh gosh. It is. Yes. It has been a time, you know, and I think like just rolling with it. I mean, what can we do? You know, what can we do? Like we're dealing with things, like you said, you know, you can't have a sniffle at school or your kid goes home. Okay. Well, that's what it is. That's what our day is. Our day is now going to look very different because these are the times that we're living in. Um, Mm -hmm. I, this morning I shared with you, my daughter, you know, is going through a little separation anxiety phase right now. Um, and so most mornings are rough, you know, she doesn't want to get to school and it's exhausting. And it's just a reminder of like, okay, this is, this is just what it is right now. This is not going to be this way forever. Right. Um, this is temporary. It's difficult. Yes. And so what, what do I need to stay grounded? And what does my child need? What does your child need? Right. Um, and that's different for everybody in every circumstance. But I think those are really important questions. Like how can I regulate my own nervous system so I'm not flying off the handle? What little shifts can I make for myself so this morning could go a little smoother? Um, and, you know, what what does my child need? What developmental stage are they in? What needs do they have? Um, how can I adjust things so they feel a little more supported and connected? Like for my daughter, I'm recognizing that 
she probably needs a little more one-on-one time with me in the morning yeah. before she gets to school. So I know I need to make some shifts to our morning routine so that she could feel a little more grounded and connected. And maybe that will help kind of ease us into um, a more peaceful morning routine. And it's just a lot of trial and error. Like we've never been here before, right? As par- like we've never been in a pandemic like this before. So how how do we know what to do? I sometimes it's just a lot of trial and error of okay, let me tweak this and see how that goes. <laughs> okay, cool, that worked. No, that didn't work. All right, back to the drawing board, right? So just a ton of patience I think that we have to have with ourselves and um a lot of self-compassion um and then you know recognizing how hard it is for our littles too. You know, it's a lot of yeah. disruption. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, being in school, oh no, you got to come home. You can't be there for 10 days until you get the COVID test and good luck finding a COVID test, you know? So now they're out of their routine. And then when they can go back to school, then we're expected, or or we kind of expect them to just like be ready to for school again, you know? Um, and that's, that's hard. Right. And so like recognizing like from their perspective, right. Cause I think sometimes we just get caught up in like how difficult things are for us or like how frustrating it is, which is certainly true. Like I, it is hard. It is frustrating. And we don't want to lose sight of, you know, their experience of this uh, as well. So, um, all of that. And then just like a lot of, (laughs) a lot of support, you know, just like being able to call a friend or, you know, of course, like, you know, we, you know, you have your therapist, I have my therapist, but, you know, we have our partners, we have our friends, like just having space to just kind of vent and just talk about like, oh, how exhausting this is. And I think that's important too, just the honesty of, of the experience. Yeah, it's, that helps so much. And I think it's, really, I'm glad that you mentioned their perspective too, because yes, it's like, okay, we have to deal with like shifting the schedule, having more availability, not only time-wise, but emotionally for our children. But then, I mean, my daughter is so young and it, it's like, one of my biggest pet peeves now is when people are like, oh, she's so young. She has no idea what's going on. I'm like, no, like, kids are so energetically sensitive. Like she obviously, she's not experiencing it in the same way that we are, but it's not, it's not just like flying right over her head what's happening. Um, and so, yeah, just like making space to allow them to have their hard time too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Sitting with those hard, those big feelings is so hard as a parent, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. we just, we, we want, things to be easeful for them. Like we want them to feel content and it's hard to see them struggle. Um, And that urge to want to make things easier for them or help them is, is so strong and not that we're ignoring their feelings, but sometimes it just sucks, right? Like sometimes life is hard. Sometimes we just need a good cry. Sometimes we need a little temper tantrum to let it all out Um, and be able, being able to sit with them through that, um, is, is hard and takes a lot of, you know, practice, right. And, um, our, our own ability to kind of regulate our own, uh, nervous system is, is an important piece of that. Um, and so again, that's like, you know, back to the gifts and challenges of motherhood, right. That, that's one of them. 
Yeah. Um, I've been reading a lot of Janet Lansbury. I don't know if you're familiar with Janet. Um, Because that's my life's work right now is staying regulated so my daughter can be dysregulated. And um, yeah, that's been so tough because I just want to go in and fix it. And I, and there was a period, there was a phase in my motherhood where I was just immediately trying to fix everything for her, but now recognizing, particularly as she's getting older, that I can't just, you know, she needs to have the emotions that she's having. So that's, I would love to kind of end on that um, today. I was going to say this morning, it is the morning for us. Um, yeah. I'd love to end our conversation. Do you have any strategies or suggestions you can give for self-regulation, um, how you are staying self-regulated, how you would suggest, you know, parents out there who are, you know, really, um, maybe not even at the end of the rope, maybe they don't even have a rope anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like what is something that we can do today to help bring in some peace? You know, you keep saying self-compassion and like, mm-hmm. Okay, I need more of that. Yes. Um, you know, bring that into our lives. Um, yeah, what 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 advice do you have to offer? Yeah. I think any little thing that we can add into our day to um that really brings tenderness and and self-love, right? And so mm-hmm. that could that could be different for everybody. Maybe it's a bath, you know, a five-minute bath alone. Maybe it's a walk around the block, maybe it's just um, a few deep breaths, maybe it's journaling, like what little thing can we bring into our day? Um, positive self-talk, you know, these are all really important practices. And I think when it comes to parenting too, um, like a, a, a little tip or trick that I, that I've used with my daughter recently and talking about like helping them release some of these big feelings, um, is to set aside a certain amount of time, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, and you set a timer on your phone and just have that time dedicated to special time with you and your child, um, so that they can feel that, have that time to be connected with you. Um, and, um, so it and it and it makes it a little easier too, I think, for us as parents, because sometimes it's like hard to play with our kids, you know, yeah. like yeah. um I'm 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 kind of over playing Barbies. <laughs> like, you know, I can't handle one more princess prince <laughs> scenario. I'm like tapped out of my creativity in that department. But I know if I set my timer for like 15 minutes, like that I could do. <laughs> I could handle that. Um so it allows us to like feel like we're you know really spending that quality time with our kids we're not overextending ourselves we're being patient we're giving that time and attention to our kids um they value that they love that and and then we feel good about ourselves afterwards too um and it takes a little pressure off of like we don't have to play with them for hours and hours and hours. We can just set aside like little special, little special times um, to to have that connection. Um, so I think that's um, a little tip that I'd like to to leave uh, parents with. And you know, again, just like yeah, just finding little ways in which we can 
be gentle with ourselves um, and really honor, you know, our experience of like, this is, this is hard right now. Um, it's not going to be this way forever. <laughs> this moment's going to pass and more ease will come in. And we know that there might be more challenging times in the future, but we're learning how to handle it. We're learning as we go. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um, is there anything else you feel called to share with the community? Oh, I don't think so. I'm just so grateful to, um, to be able to, to share this with you and with your listeners. And thank you so much for this opportunity, Julia. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share this episode with your friends. And you can help us grow by subscribing, rating, and reviewing a podcast for moms on your favorite podcasting platforms. I'd love to connect with you. Feel free to direct message me on Instagram at a podcast for moms or send me an email, a podcast for moms at gmail.com. I can't do this alone. Together, though, we are a movement of moms revolutionizing the world through radical motherhood.